Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, my friends. My name is Gene Sherman, and welcome to the Knots Untied podcast. I have the privilege of serving as the rector of Christ Church West Shore. And it's been a long time since we've been together at this uh, round table as we discuss the naughty issues of our culture. And so we have spent the last, oh, four and a half months here at Christ Church learning about what it means for us to be emotionally healthy disciples of Jesus Christ. And so I thought that I'd catch us up to where we are and uh, look forward to the future as we go forth together here at Christ Church. And what we're doing is we're wrapping up emotionally healthy discipleship and we're going into the season of Pentecost And so we spent the winter quarter of our time together focusing on emotionally healthy spirituality based on Pete Scazzaro's course, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and just keeping the whole congregation on the same place. And our various small groups, which at Christ Church we call little churches, because they really are an extension of who we are, dispersed in the community, because discipleship does not just happen on Sundays. If, if you're thinking you can go hear a sermon and come out um, as a, a fully mature disciple, I, I'm, I'm sorry, my friends, you're sadly mistaken. The Bible is to be studied. The Bible is not merely to be read. And it's certainly not something you can come and just listen to once a week for an hour and then you leave and go home. And that's your fix for the week. No, disciples who make disciple makers is who we are at Christ Church. And we are focusing on doing that in an emotionally healthy way. And so we started off with uh, just how do we love the Lord? Well, first we confronted the crisis of what emotionally unhealthy spirituality looked like. And you can see it in our culture. You know, Christians who, who aren't formed by the Word of God. Christians who, they profess Christianity, but they're not uh, loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, gentle, uh, faithful, good, and have self-control. And we, we saw that you can take any study across the Christian landscape and realize the church is in trouble in that respect. And so then we said, okay, that's what it looks like. Well, let's know ourselves so we can be authentic. From there, we discovered how our families of, of origin affects who we are today. The good things about our families, the bad things about our families, and the really ugly things about our families. We looked at, we owned it, and then we went forward. And we looked at Joseph at that week and just saw that, boy, you know, that was a mess. And yet God used him in a mighty way. We then recognized that this is not the prosperity gospel. And what I mean by that is that when you come to faith in Christ, everything will be just fine. You'll be smooth sailing from that point on. 
Actually, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Meaning that when you take up your cross, you're dying to yourself. And when you die to yourself and follow Christ, which is the abundant life, which is life, it still doesn't mean it's going to be easy for us. And so as we go about doing that, we grow in maturity and we hit walls and those, we got to go through the walls. We can't just bounce off of them and wait for the next wall to come because the walls of life will come. Loved ones get sick. Loved ones die. Friendships get broken, whatever it might be. It's important for us to go find our way through those walls so we can grow in our faith and grow in Christian maturity. And we also embrace uh, grief and loss. You know, as we go through those walls, we recognize that there will be times of grief and loss in our lives. And we need to uh, not run from the Lord, but run to the Lord because he's the Lord who loves us. Secondly, uh, we, we then sat down and we began to embrace silence and Sabbath rest and to slow down our lives for Jesus Christ. Embracing the weekly Lord's Day and embrace every day what we call the daily office in the Anglican tradition. Book of Common Prayer, it's right there, friends. It's, it's been around a long time. <laughs> and so, you know, I personally do morning and midday prayer and I have found that refreshing rhythm over the past year and a half um, as we've been in COVID and just keeping Jesus with me throughout my day. And as we do so, we focus the, uh, next on growing into an emotionally healthy adult and developing a lifelong plan to live this way, that we keep this up. We don't stop. It's a journey. You're not going to get it overnight. It's like learning French. You're not going to learn French overnight. You have to sit in class. You've got to pay attention, take notes, and drill, drill, drill it. Well, in many ways, the Christian life is like that. And that's what the daily office is about. That's what the weekly Sabbath is about. And therefore, from there, we can do ministry. Well, you can't do ministry well unless you're, that's what takes us into our spring quarter, emotionally healthy relationships, which means how do we love others well? We're learning to love the Lord then we're learning to love others. And so from there, we learned healthy, life-changing communication skills. We learned to stop uh, having or allowing in our lives unclear expectations, you know, and, and hurting other people because we have unclear expectations. We then looked at our families once again, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and look at how the way we relate, our family-related how it makes us, how we relate to others. And we recognize those traits which perhaps we need to lay at the foot of the cross and grow in maturity. We, we also learned, you know, to get in touch with our feelings, to how God is meeting you in your emotions, learning how to listen to others and be present to others through incarnational listening. And then, um, Making sure we're not embellishing, we're not lying about who we are and what we're really feeling and thinking, and making sure we're honest with one another. And then Pete took us to getting tools for making sure that we fight cleanly, mature conflict resolution. 
And then the last week, we, we, we set a plan in place to where if we can begin to apply these tools, we've got this, this great tool belt now. And loving the Lord and loving one another, now we're going to focus on continuing to do so. And it's a lifelong journey, like I said earlier. And so we ended up this past Sunday speaking about the manual for Christian ministry that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 10. And that's what I want to talk about today. Because this upcoming week is going to talk about the power to execute that plan. But we need to challenge ourselves with the words of our Lord to who reminds us, number one, that we are people of compassion. Two, as we live this life, there will always, always, always be some who are offended by it. And three, we learned how we can live this way. And so, just thinking about that, the power, the posture of compassion, that we are the kind of people at Christ Church, and no matter where you're listening to this, that as Christians, we need to look at other people the way the Lord looks at us. And how does he look at us? As sheep. I remind you, you know, sheep may be out in the field grazing very, very, very peacefully, but you ask the shepherd, he or she will tell you they're the most clueless of all animals. They're always getting lost. They're always doing the wrong things, and all their problems are self-inflicted. And it, it, it's self-destructive. But the reality is you still, you, still you, you don't hate sheep, right? You, 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 you can't hate them. And that's how we are towards others. And Jesus reminds us that he sends us out, right? Because in chapter 10, he's turning around from chapter 9 in Matthew and looking to his 12 disciples and to all of us. Because in Luke, he sends out the 70, which is a number of completeness. And he says, all my followers, if we call ourselves a Christian, we share in his mission. We share in this mission uh, with that attitude and balancing word and deed, that we don't just come being those people who are all truth and no action, and yet we, we're also not those people that are all action and no truth. We balance those two. We love people no matter where they are, meeting needs, and we tell them why. Because God so loved them. And so... As we wrapped up that, we recognize that even even as articulate as we may be, even as winsome as we may be, no matter how compassionate we may be, there's always going to be some people who are offended by the good news of Jesus Christ. It's important, though, for us to be, as he says in verse 16 of Matthew chapter 10, be Wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Wise as serpents, that we're wise people, that we're, we're shrewd. We, we aren't unnecessarily offensive. 
Let them be offended not because of how we say things or necessarily what we say, but they're angry at the offense of what they should be offended with is the gospel. Because there always will be some who are. Right? Because Jesus' offensiveness is strong across the face of the planet. And if we identify with Christ, we're going to get heat. Why? Because he claimed to be God. He claimed to be, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's important for us to realize that as we take this message across the West Shore, and no matter where we're found, that there's going to be those who are really going to be offended by that. And to that, I just want to remind you that people people have always been offended by this. You know, it's 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 the reason Jesus went to the cross, quite frankly, right? Well, he went to the cross for multiple reasons, but he came, that was his purpose. But he highly offended the Jewish leaders. And and I think it's important for us to remind ourselves and our friends who oppose this, just because we believe this doesn't mean we're a bigot. Because if you believe Jesus is who he said he is, then you have to believe that he is the ultimate way to salvation. And the ultimate way to be saved, if you will. Because, not because we think all other religions are stupid, but because we actually find the evidence so compelling that we're actually, he is the risen son of God. Therefore, if we believe that, that doesn't make you bigoted or narrow-minded. And so I reminded the congregation this past Sunday, you know, there are a lot of scientists out there trying to find the cure to Alzheimer's right now. And if one finds the cure and they say, look, I've had the cure and all the other cures are wrong, that doesn't make him bigoted. That person may be right, that person may be wrong, but they're not a bigot. If he has the cure, he has a cure. If Jesus is who he says he is, then he has to be the way of salvation. If he's not, then he's not. But the point is there's nothing bigoted about this claim. And secondly, there will be people who say, well, don't push your religion on me. I think it's important for us, dear Christchurch family, that we, we begin to, to push back on that. And help people realize that when they say to us, don't try to convert people, what they're trying to do at that moment, as it were, is to convert you to believe what they believe. Namely, that they don't believe Jesus is the way to be saved. Therefore, please realize that what they're doing to the Christian, which is telling the Christian they can't do to anybody else, which is, you're trying to get them to change their belief for yours. It's impossible, right? You know, it's possible not to say, I'd like you to change your mind because the way I'm looking at things is a better way you're looking at things. We do it every day. You know, in fact, if you even say, don't convert people, you're doing it. You're converting people. And so I want to encourage everyone in that respect to make sure that we stand firm in the resolve that this is true. This is the abundant life. This is 
what we desire. He's our ultimate desire. He's the reason we get up in the morning and we follow Christ using our gifts and our talents all for his glory. Well, how do we do that? How do we live this way? Well, verse 24 and 25, a disciple is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It's enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? My friends, when we, when we live this way, when we live obedient unto the Lord and we, we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and persecution comes, what we need to do first is recognize that he's with us. You know, God is with us. It was Jesus who said um, at verse 19 and 20, when they deliver you over to be over, do not be anxious about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak to the spirit of the, your father who is speaking through you. God is with you as you minister to friends and family, where you live, where you work, where you play. That's the first thing. God is with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk more about that this Sunday. Secondly, when persecution comes, thinks about how Jesus was treated. Think of what happened to him. He was the one who was utterly abandoned. Nobody was with him. But yet, because God was giving him the punishment we deserved, he was experiencing the aloneness we should have experienced so that we will never experience the aloneness ourselves. He was giving his life for the sheep. And because of that, you will never be alone. And so I opened and closed the sermon with the reference from that amazing movie from 1980, The Blues Brothers. That Jake and Elwood Blues, whom we know as Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, we're on a mission from God. Well, that's a comedic movie. You know, whether they're on a mission from God, but, you know, the movie portrayed that they were. But my point in sharing that with you is that each and every one of you, no matter what you do for a living, you have an address, you have a workplace, you have a place where you're hanging out that continually is a place of mission for you. So I pray as you go out on your mission this week that you shine the light, that you are a, a fruit of the Spirit Christian. You're loving, you're joyful, you're peaceful, you're patient, you're kind, you're gentle, you're good, you're faithful, and you have self-control. As we exhibit this type of peace, people will sit up and pay attention. And I've discovered as you ask permission to talk to people about it, generally you're not hated, even in today's culture. There will be some who do. There will be some that push back pretty strong. But remember, if they get mad, you lose. If you get mad, you lose. And so it's important for us to just get equipped as well as trust the Holy Spirit to give you the words when you need to. So, my friends, I encourage you to come join us this upcoming Sunday at Christ Church West Shore at 8, 9.30, or 11.15. All three services have communion. The 11.15 service is morning prayer. 
preceding the communion service. And at 11.15, we're honoring our friends, Tom and Mary Miller. Tom and Mary both died in the midst of COVID this, over this past year. And their adult children are coming back to lay their ashes to rest. And we're going to, yes, we're going to celebrate their lives. But, but it's, a, it's a funeral liturgy at the end of the 11.15 service so that we can uh, send them off honoring them. Because they were faithful, faithful Christians until the end. And so, my friends, I will see you this Sunday. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to Knots Untied. If anything you've heard today sparks a thought or question, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to me, Gene Sherman, at gsherman at ChristChurchWestShore.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for community updates on Christchurch West Shore. God bless. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.